0: How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Who That Dish Podcast. My name is Tyler Raymond. I'm going solo for this episode. Unfortunately, my co-host, Dayton Brown, couldn't make it. But if you guys are checking out any of our social media, make sure to check him out on Twitter at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. You can also find me at RaymondTylerM. You can find our uh, official Who That Dish Podcast Twitter account at the WDD Podcast. I appreciate you guys tuning into to this episode Today's date, I believe, is August 8th, 2019, and this podcast covers the New New Orleans Saints. If you guys haven't uh, heard this podcast before, we appreciate you tuning in now for this first episode. Or if you're a returning member, thanks for coming back. We appreciate you. So uh, this podcast has been on a bit of a break for a little bit, and we are finally back. I believe uh, Dayton and I were talking, and Dayton's going to be releasing an episode, I believe, tomorrow sometime. So make sure to uh, keep an eye out for that, and make sure to check out our Twitter and our social media to get all the news, updates, everything we- regarding our New Orleans Saints, anything across the NFL and other sports we cover, just anything about this podcast, and maybe special guests in the future. So thanks so much, guys. Let's get into it. So I have a few different topics I wanted to cover for this episode, guys. It's going to be a bit of a long one. It's unfortunate Dan and I couldn't really uh, align our schedules to make it this time. But we'll be together in the future, so make sure to check out that. Let's first get into the Around the League news, NFL edition. So uh, just a couple bigger topics I wanted to cover before we get into New Orleans Saints specific stuff. So uh, right now, one of the major headlines going into this week regarding the preseason. Regarding, you know, uh, this week NFL news is actually uh, around Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott. So if you guys have been living underneath a rock for the past, I don't know, a few weeks, uh, I I guess you um, wouldn't have known that uh, the Cowboys star running back is actually seeking a new deal. Uh, Right now, reports are coming out from social media, from Twitter, that he doesn't want to play any games until he receives a new contract. Now... Already going into the season, I believe Ezekiel Elliott, I don't have his, his exact numbers on me, but, you know, he was a first-round pick, top five, so he should be already making some money there, you know, compared to most rookies uh, in the NFL right now, you know, uh, wanting a new contract. But at the moment, you know, he deserves, uh, he thinks that he deserves to be paid more, you know. um, People on his side obviously agree in support of him. Uh, you know, you have Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys, obviously wanting to, prolong the inevitable you know maybe uh waiting a couple more years or waiting until his contract is over to negotiate a new deal but i guess we'll have to see what happens and if you ask me if he's worth the money i'd say so i mean i think it depends you know where you push and shove a little bit with that money you know i think sometimes when you're paying a running back especially one of the better running backs in the league you also have to factor in um what it comes down to is their, you know, there, how many touches you're giving them a game, how many of that adds up to a season, how many they played up to the point where they got to the NFL. Um, look at right now with Todd Gurley, you know, he's one of the best running backs in the league, but with his knee and leg injuries, you know, he's going to be getting a lot less touches now. So how much do you want to pay Zeke Elliott? You know, um, also factors in the off the stuff issues, you know, what happens there? If he does get a contract, is it going to say, you know, clean, uh, off the field is he can not get into anything, you know, not any car accidents, not any uh skirmishes between other people, you know, if he doesn't get the contract, does that frustrate him, you know? Uh just something to look out for. Also another question uh about the topic I had uh it's funny when uh Dayton was gonna be on we we're gonna ask, you know, how much does this affect the roster? But let me give my opinion for you here folks. Um, if I had to take a gander, I would say you know if the Cowboys don't have Zeke Elliott to start the season, it wouldn't surprise me to see them you know lose a few games early off because Ezekiel Elliott is their work is their workhorse and suffice to suffice to say like uh, Dak Prescott isn't exactly top top tier caliber quarterback so they need the running back. We'll have to let you guys know uh, in future episodes if a deal gets done speaking of other star players um now Raiders wide receiver antonio brown has a lingering foot injury and we actually have new information about that if you guys haven't been following the news all that good nfl stuff so weeks after antonio brown posted a gnarly foot photo i really hope of you guys have any foot fetishes or anything because that was some uh gnarly foot photos man um so he posted a photo on instagram uh, weeks ago showing you know like Really bad blisters, peeling, all that gross stuff. I'm trying not to get into the details too much. But uh, reports came out that Antonio Brown also hadn't been practicing. So people were wondering, well, what's wrong with his feet? You know, how this happened? Is he going to be okay? Is this injury long term? Well, reports surfaced, uh, new information, uh, of course, that Antonio Brown was actually recovering from the effects of frostbite. That happened while he was in a cryotherapy chamber and that's because he wasn't using proper footwear protection. So people were saying right now he's taking it day-to-day, you know. Um, that's really interesting, too, because the Raiders are on hard knocks. So obviously you've got a bit of a spotlight there. But, um, you know, hopefully Antonio Brown gets better. You know, I, we really haven't heard any uh, cases like this before, or at least my time following sports. I've never really heard a case like this before. Regards to like a weird foot injury like this. So all I can say is uh, Hopefully the injury shouldn't last too long my thoughts. Hopefully he gets better and Hopefully proves all of his doubters wrong. You know the people that thought that he couldn't succeed outside of Big Ben and Pittsburgh. So Let's see what happens. Uh, let's get into our Saints news. So first up I wanted to get into uh, probably the biggest news so far heading into uh, This upcoming preseason game against the Vikings, which actually takes place tomorrow i believe and like i said Dayton's going to be having hopefully an episode on that if not expect us to do a recap of the first game our thoughts opinions what we thought of the players all that good stuff probably by next week so very first topic i want to get into regarding our New Orleans Saints one of the best teams in the NFL is actually some uh some of the Saints stars getting paid so uh let's start off with Michael Thomas so after a very long interesting but luckily short holdout from our Saints, you know, star wide receiver, Michael Thomas has finally came to a contract agreement. He just signed recently. So, it just happened to make him the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL, which is pretty cool. Uh, you know, uh, luckily for him, uh, you know, he, he posts on Twitter and stuff. So, um, he's always posts about, you know, wanting to get paid. And, you know, like, you know how players are. If you're an NFL fan, how nothing's guaranteeing the NFL, especially when it comes to injuries. So, if you can... You know, if you can secure the uh, secure the bank, you know, make this dough, this bread, this money, it's good for them, you know. Uh, their hard work's paying off. So, Michael Thomas, you know, he, he got a huge deal. It resets the market. So, his new contract is for five years, worth $96.25 million, which just over $60 million guaranteed money. My thoughts on it? Um, you know, he, he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. If you had to ask me, I think he's top five conversation With Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, even though he doesn't get very many touchdowns, Julio. Uh, uh, You've got DeAndre Hopkins up there. And if he's healthy, I'd put Odell Beckham up there, too. And then you've got Michael Thomas. I think he's really underrated. I think people always seem to forget about him when they're talking about top five receivers. So uh, is he worth uh, being paid the first best receiver? I'm not sure. But I think right now this resets the market. We've got a bunch of other wide receivers who want deals. Terry Kale, I believe. Julio Jones, I think he's going to be getting a new contract, but he's like 30. So we'll have to see what happens with that and what other deals come to place with different teams and their star receivers after this deal. But all I can say is, hey, I'm glad Michael Thomas is back with the Saints. He's not holding out. And let's expect a lot more touchdowns in the future from the awesome connection between Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. And speaking of, you know, Saints getting paid. Let's not forget about Cam Jordan. You know, our star defensive end man. You know, the guy that's been leaning to the defense, wanting a defensive uprising for some time. He's finally got a defense to go along with him that can really help the Saints, you know, help them really be a back-and-forth team. You know, great offense, upcoming great defense now. And he received a new contract. So his deal is for three years, $55.5 million max with $42 million guaranteed. My thoughts on that, you know, When it comes to your star players, uh, if you ask me, you know, you always got to keep them here. You know, I think, like, we've seen other examples where you've had issues in the past, like Jimmy Graham paying him, like, a receiver or a tight end. Or Brandon Cooks deciding to let him, uh, I think it was either let him go or trade him, whatever. You know, you pick the right guys, and you make sure their loyalty, their trust is with the city, you know, the city of New Orleans. So, I'm happy you got a new deal. You know, I'm, I'm expecting him to be kicking some butt, some Panthers, Bucks, and Falcons booty for some time now. And I can't wait to see all the sacks he's going to be getting this upcoming season. So, next big news we actually have to talk about is uh, another receiver. No, it's not Michael Thomas, but it's actually Cameron Meredith. Uh, Meredith, sorry. So, if you guys haven't been following the Saints, Saints news, don't worry. We've got you covered here on the Who at Dish podcast. So Cameron Meredith, who you guys haven't been following, was actually released by the Saints not too long ago. He was signed, actually, though, and placed on the Players Unable to Perform list. Let's try saying that five times fast. (laughs) By the Patriots. So Meredith, uh, he tore his ACL in 2017. While he was nursing that and a knee injury, he really hasn't come back to his original self in a long time. You know, when the Saints offered a sheet, uh, I forget the exact term, forgive me, uh, when they offered a contract sheet or whatever to, uh, at the time when he was a Bears receiver, Bears had an option to match uh, and decided not to. So he, he came on the Saints, you know, high expectations out of him. You know, hey, he's a long-length receiver, big body. Hopefully he could do something for us. You know, unfortunately, you know, it was, it was promising, you know, but fortunately it was just lackluster in the end. You know, and in his career, uh, Cameron Meredith has totaled 86 receptions for 1,122 yards and five touchdowns. My thoughts, if you ask me, opens up competi- uh, competition for the young guys. You know, um, the writing was kind of on the wall. Uh, I think Meredith, I read somewhere, he didn't see it coming. But unfortunately, I mean, like if you've got an injury going a long way, you know, um, that fr- like last impacts you for a long time. It can't seem to get out of that rhythm of being injured or nursing that injury, not being back at 100%. How are you going to be able to impact this team if you're not at your best? So good luck to Kevin Meredith with the Patriots. You know, hopefully he can get off that, uh, you know, uh, players unable to perform list and ball out. You know, even if, it's, even if it's for a team that I don't particularly care for, we always wish the best of luck to players that leave the New Orleans Saints. So will we ever get healthy? That's the question I was going to ask, too. Who knows? We'll let you know if anything comes up with any updates. So let's talk about next big topic here. And I actually kind of stormed the league a little bit on Twitter, social media, and that's the NFL Top 100. So if you're a Saints fan, if you're an NFL fan, you've probably heard of the NFL Top 100. You most likely have one of two opinions. One, you either take it very seriously. You know, it's the NFL players itself who vote on this list that, you know, that ultimately decides the final ranking or you think it's a joke. If you're asking me, I think it's a mixed bag. Sometimes I really take it seriously. Other times I get really offended when other players, you know, especially on the Saints, don't do very well on the list. And we'll get into that for a second, but um, in a second, but, um, you know, it's some people think it's a joke. Some people don't. Well, every year it comes out. I think this year the way they did it was, they, um I think in years past when I've actually watched it on TV, uh, people have, um, I think how they've done it is I think they stretch it over a few weeks. But I think this time it felt really short, how all the how all the players and numbers came out really quick. So I like that method instead, having it a lot shorter. So let's get into the reactions. So if you guys didn't hear, the Saints had a few players on the list. If you ask me, um, there should have been a lot more, but we'll get into that later. So, Drew Brees, shockingly, uh, the Saints quarterback, the GOAT, the future Hall of Famer, came in at second place, second of of 100 players, the highest-ranked quarterback, the highest-ranked offensive player, coming behind only Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald. As the best player voted, like I said, by the athletes themselves. And like I said, he was ranked highest overall offensively and quarterback. So, other honorable mentions we've got here. Alvin Kamara, you know. Up and coming man, the GOAT, the running back that seemingly can do it all. He came 14th on the list and second-highest running back overall. He beat Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley, but just fell short, unfortunately, to Todd Gurley, who came fifth, another Rams player. And Michael Thomas, the GOAT, who you can't guard him, that's for sure, and who just got paid, man. Uh, he came 13th as the fourth-best wide receiver, coming behind Antonio Brown, Julia Jones, and DeAndre Hopkins, uh, like I mentioned, previously some of the great wide receivers and last but not least we had saints defensive end cameron jordan coming in at 41st on the list but third overall rankings uh, rankings for defensive ends my thoughts on that if you ask me i think that's awesome that the saints have three players on this list in the top 15 that's pretty cool um i think cameron jordan uh, like third overall for defensive end that's not bad if you ask me, but forty first, like you're kidding me. Last year I think he was twenty six. Like I could see it at the most. Maybe, maybe being somewhere from like twenty-six to thirty five. But forty one, like come on. He's a great defensive end. Highly, highly underrated. Um so my opinion, who I think got snubbed. You've got the big man, Sheldon Rankins. Um it's funny, uh when I screw up Rankins and rankings, huh. But um, Sean Rankins, the big man, uh, it seems like some of the Saints players, man, they never get any love. And Rankins would be somebody I'd love to see on this list. He's one of the better interior defensive linemen in the NFL right now. He's up and coming. You know, like, it seems like every year he's getting better. And it sucks right now. He's coming back from injury. But he'll be back later in the year. And I'm sure he'll prove um, why the Saints need him so much, you know. And some other guys, um... I know uh, the NFL doesn't exactly give credit to special teams players as much as other guys, you know, like quarterbacks, running backs, all the good stuff. But um, I would almost go with Thomas Morstead and Will Lutz. Uh, not to sound biased, but, man, consistency? Like, the Saints, like, have had consistency in more ways than one. You can argue Jubilees, You can argue De- uh, Cameron Jordan. But, man, Thomas Morstead, the GOAT, the leg, man. He's been booting it ever since the Saints made it to the Super Bowl so many years ago. Like, he's been incredible. If you're talking about Thomas Morstead, we're talking about fine wine. Gets better with age. Like, he's been incredible the last 10 years. And the fact, I'm not sure offhand if any punters have made it onto this list, but the fact that Thomas Morstead doesn't get any credit, just uh, widely around the league is I- I'm baffled by that, and I would almost argue Wilburt well, too. You know, he's a great kicker. Um, I know he kind of got something mad in a little bit. I was pretty upset about that. But um, yeah, just a couple guys I wished uh, I got a little more recognition. Some other guys, uh, the awesome tackles things Saints have on their offensive line, Ryan Ramczyk and Toronto Armstead. Like Toronto Armstead, arguably you could fight me on this at Twitter at Raymond Tower M. Name me four better tackles especially left tackles, that are better than Toronto Armstead? Answer, you can't, because Toronto Armstead, I believe, is easily top five, easily top three, One healthy. Don't argue me on that. I know you're going to lose. Um, Ryan Ramchick, too, up-and-comer, you know, rookie year, did great, had some spurts, but overall was very consistent, very reliable. You know, the Saints finally, I think it was, yeah, it was the first-round pick, but the Saints, man, they hit the nail on the head with this uh, with this offensive lineman, man. And he he's someone, heck, I'd even take it, like, first time being on the list, 80 90s. Just get him on the list. Show us some recognition for the big man. So, those are my opinions on, you know, the NFL's top 100. You think any Saints players I missed out on? Make sure you tweet me at Raymond Tyler M. Heck, let Dayton know, too. Uh, tell him I sent you. I tell him I said hi. So, um... So if you guys, like I said, if you have any other players you think I missed on, any players you'd like to see on the list or uh, the NFL Top 100 list or any players you think should be ranked higher or lower, make sure to let us know, tweet it, comment it, DM us. We'd like to know, too. So let's see. Next topic we got for you guys, this is a very good one. So training camp. So if you guys haven't been following, yesterday, August 7th, Hays the 8th, Brought the seventh, uh, brought the Saints to their eleventh day of training camp in just two days. Now being one day tomorrow, uh, before the first preseason game against the Vikings. So here, obviously, there's a lot, uh, a lot of different topics to talk about. You've got different players that are doing well, aren't, etc. I just wanted to go over notable observations that I've seen from social media and biggest storylines from Saints training camp. So, let's just roll down the list, shall we, folks? So. The center position was up for grabs up until this point where it looks like Texas A&M rookie offensive lineman Eric McCoy is now on the job, at least for the time being. So I'm always big when the Saints take an offensive lineman in the draft. It doesn't ma- matter where it is. I mean, heck, um, we'll clap. Uh, last year, uh, seventh-round pick, I believe, on a- LSU. Like, you can find gems like that anywhere in the draft. And I'm happy when it works out, keeping our quarterback protected. And obviously, so it looks like he's doing a good job. Obviously, uh, uh, earlier in training camp, uh, you know, he had some spurts. There were a, a bit of miscommunication with the snapping between the quarterbacks. I think various quarterbacks. It wasn't just one, an Eric McCoy. But it marks the seventh day now that he started with the first team offensive line. And like I said, although at the very beginning, there were some limited issues and stuff between him and the quarterbacks. Uh, it looks like things are working out now, and I wonder if we'll see him in the first preseason game. I'll get, I'll get into that a little bit later if we have time, folks. So, the other offensive linemen that we're competing were Nick Easton and Cameron Tom. Cameron Tom probably most likely a backup tackle. Wouldn't surprise me if he made the roster. It would surprise me if he didn't. That would be that'd be something. And Nick Easton will most likely be uh, fighting for a starting left guard role between him and Angus Pete. Let's get into the next one. Jared Cook and Drew Brees. Chemistry, man. I, I tried thinking of uh, when I was writing this little uh, information out for the script. I was thinking like I was trying to think of some um, a great pairings. You've got like ketchup and mustard, you know, PB&J. You've got, I don't know, hot and cold, left and right. Tyler and Dayton from this awesome podcast. <laughs> Um, but man, Drew Brees and Jerry Cook, it seems like every single time in training camp where they're practicing, you know, obviously, Jerry Cook, Drew Brees being with the ones most of the time, unless Drew Brees is taking a veteran, veteran's day off, they've been fire. It seems like everything on Twitter and social media agrees with this, you know, highlight real plays, you know, leaping catches, Drew Brees is playing it right where Jerry Cook wants it. Uh, like, it, it seems like uh, everything's been going well for this pairing. I can't wait to see them, you know. This upcoming season, I can't wait to see how well, uh, in regards to fantasy points they do, I think it's going to be an awesome pairing, and I can't wait to see what happens. So, with that being said, though, let's get into the next one. Speaking of other offensive weapons, you've got Emmanuel Butler and Simi Cobbs Jr. So, we've got some hype there, guys. You know, two young players that have been impressing on, you know, making... Contested catches, highly real worthy, impressive catches, all throughout training camp. Uh, we mentioned earlier with Kevin Meredith being released, and that's if the Saints decide to keep six receivers. Then that means there would probably be two open spots on the roster. And that means right now, arguably, you've got Michael Thomas, Keith Kirkwood, Tegid Jr., Chaquan Smith as the locks. I don't know the order yet, that's just the way I read them. And then you've got uh, receivers right now fighting for those other spots. You mentioned – I mentioned uh, Emmanuel Butler, Richard Matthews, a veteran, Simi Cobbs Jr., Austin Carr, the guy that's had a few years under this offense, formerly with the Patriots, and Cyril Grayson, all competing. Who makes the cut? If you ask me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Richard Matthews made it just because of the, uh, the veteran you know, experience. But I'm loving the hype between Emmanuel Butler and Simi Cobbs, man. I would love to see both these guys make it. You know, like, there's nothing cooler than seeing a receiver, you know, get better as time progresses. And even though they'd be, like, at the bottom of the starting receivers, just to fill these guys on, to see what they could do, you know. And receivers sometimes get hurt. We saw it last year that Keith Kirkwood got hurt. Traquan Smith, in general, you know, didn't exactly always flash how we wanted him to. And Michael Thomas was getting double-teamed and bracketed. And Ted Good Jr. was, you know, uh, somewhat injured throughout the season. So i love to see who makes the cut, and hopefully it benefits the team uh, if they decide the best players. So let's get into our next topic here, folks. Or actually, uh, we've got one more thing to talk about for train camp, then we'll get into our next topic. So Saints rookies dominating. So we mentioned the wide receivers. Let's transition over to the defense. So an awesome storyline coming out of train camp, guys, so far is how defensive rookies CGJ or Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Saquon Hampton have been pressing early. So they've been, you know, doing their typical defensive back stuff. But it's it's been impressive. It's been good things you want to see throughout training camp. So, you know, uh, breaking off wide receivers, uh, mental focus, you know, getting into the route patterns and screwing them up, you know, uh, pass breakups, interceptions, all great things to be looking at early in the off season. My thoughts on this, man, I wonder if it's going to impact how often we'll be seeing them in packages, you know. Uh, versus you know leading to the season how often we'll see them in preseason if you ask me i mean i don't think any of them is a definite like lot to be a starter especially saquon hampton but i mean if they're showing up and showing out you know hopefully that would be a good nod for them going forward so and yeah let's get into i believe two of our very last topics We've got the Hall of Fame inductions. So if you guys haven't heard, the Hall of Fame recently just had another year of inductions. Here are the players and all of the contributors and everything that got inducted. So the newest members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame include quarterback Champ Bailey. If You guys remember he was uh, had a short, very short stint with the Saints, like for like not even a season, and he got cut, I think. Yeah, because he was just like at the end of his career. But like people were so freaking excited for that though you got contributor Pat uh, Bowen. Uh, sorry if I mispronounced your name. Bowen. Contributor Gil Brandt. I actually saw a video on that where he got him. Um, uh, he was at his hotel room where they knocked on his door and said, Hey, Gil, you're making it. It was really cute. You've got the GOAT tight end Tony Gonzalez, arguably one of the best tight ends uh, ever in the NFL. You had the cornerback Ty Law, center Kevin um, Mawe, I think that's how you pronounce it sorry again if I mispronounce it that is my, not my strong suit you said one of the uh, one of the best safeties ever one of the goats at uh, Reed the safety Johnny Robinson uh, my thoughts on these amazing players I think uh, you know one of the better Hall of Fame classes I think every year obviously great consideration goes into these players you know man bes- between some of those defensive backs, man, all those interceptions, pass breakups, sacks, fumbles, all that good stuff, man. It's impressive. And it's Tony Gonzalez. I wrote another question I was going to answer. Greatest hand ever. um, uh, Same thing for Safety Ed Reed for his positions. The Safety Ed Reed, man, he's up there. He's one of the best. You know, I, I'm blanking around on other guys, but, man, he, he's awesome. And his haircut's pretty cool, too. Uh, Tony Gonzalez, he he's definitely top two. You've got Gronk up there. We've got some other guys. I'm just uh I'm blanking at the moment, but they're both great players. Overall, great class. And yeah, let's round it out with our very last topic, and that is the Falcons versus the Broncos preseason Hall of Fame game. So I wrote a little joke here. Leave it to the leave it to the Atlanta Falcons to start losing before the actual NFL regular season starts. <laughs> You've got the Atlanta Falcons losing to the Denver Broncos during the very first preseason game of this year. Making it that much worse was the Falcons actually ended up losing on a 4th and 14 play with a minute and a half left, leaving 10-7. There's not much else you really need to know about the game, except the Falcons should be known for blowing late 4th quarter leads. And one more little stat to throw it out before we close this episode here, folks. The top 10 markets for the Falcons-Broncos Hall of Fame game, if you had to guess, oh, the game was on NBC, by the way, Denver, of course, came in first with an 18.9036. You'd think Atlanta would be near the top, right? After all, it was Atlanta's team. Well, nope. Leave to New Orleans they actually have the second-best market. Saints fans love seeing Falcon, uh, Falcons' team. I love seeing Atlanta teams, especially the Atlanta Falcons, losing. And they had the second-best market, a 10.5 out of 16. Atlanta came 7th, all the way down a 6.4 out of 12. I'll so I'll leave you guys with that. Um, if you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns, anything you want to ask me in the future, anything you want me to cover in a future podcast episode, make sure to let us uh, let us know. Um, also, like I said, uh, Dayton Brown, my lovely, lovely co-host, is going to be hopefully uh, putting out a uh, episode tomorrow, covering you know a preseason game, you know all that good stuff, things to look for, players, exciting matchups who are looking for things we should be concerned of, possible injuries maybe, all that good stuff. Uh, we'll let you know. If it doesn't come out, like I said, expect a review of everything and any, um, any previews we would have had going into that next episode next week. So like I said here, let's get uh, everything going for our outro. We appreciate you guys so much pertaining to this episode. If you made it all the way to this point of the podcast, Make sure to uh, tweet me at Raymond Tyler M or Dayton at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. Let us know that you watch the show and you support us, and we'll throw us a love right back at you. And if you want to tweet us at our official Who that Dish podcast Twitter account, it's at the WDD podcast. We appreciate you guys so much for tuning in. As always, have a great night. Who dat? And the Falcons suck.